Hello and welcome to our latest After Hours podcast. Today we are chatting to Felicity Hayward. We're talking self-love, body confidence and about Nana Sybil. Felicity, thank you so much for being here. After Hours, Astrid and Mew. I know that we sent you over the questions and so you're kind of primed, but not completely. Slightly primed. Slightly primed. (laughs) (laughs) Why is everything so looking in I don't know, I feel like it's like... Slightly primed for are the you, interview. Are you a fire sign? I'm a Gemini. Oh, no. What? What do you mean, hello? <laughs> what do you mean, hello? All the talking, what are you? Uh, guess. Leo. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah. just got massive Leo vibes. Gemini's I've been out with the Leo for a few years. How did just... that go? Well, we broke up, <laughs> but it was good. It was like highs and lows. Passionate. Very passionate. Loving. Yeah. Loyal. Yeah. See? <laughs> I was talking about myself there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got quite a few Gemini women in my life. Yeah, so you know. They're amazing. Yeah. And a disaster at the same time. A disaster? But kind of an amazing disaster. Yeah, I see. One of them is my mother. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what Gemini's like. I don't know about Gemini mums. Yeah, just two two personalities. Two personalities. Yeah. I don't but, but great characters. <laughs> I think I'm interviewing you now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm like, I'm just going with it. I'm like, yeah, and then I forgot my lunchbox when I was six. (laughs) Yeah, no, Gemini's, I think, but the chatting is very definitely a good thing. But I think that I'm like either super out there and bullshit or like really actually quite sensitive, which is a really bad combination because I can be harsh for other people. If someone says something back to me, I'm like, oh my God. Like a week later, I'm like, I can't believe that they thought. Yeah, Gemini. But Leos are like just full, headstrong, super loyal, super fierce, high achievers. What do I remember about Leo? Yeah, you got all that vibe. You are a good person. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I, I, I like to be a good person. I always end up talking to people about star signs. I don't know. It's one of my favourite pastimes. I to love try and star guess people's star chat. sign. You guess it. And I, I say up till like two in the morning. Looking at star sign memes, that's my hobby. Are you on, what's that app? Sorry, Trash bag pick... astrology. I don't have that, but that's the loop. Good. Is it the loop? Okay, this genuinely is really awesome. So you put in your date of birth and the time and stuff, and then it just tells you all these traits about yourself, and then you can have friends, and you can see which traits you share. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to have a little, I'll have a look on my phone, and I'll send it to you afterwards. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. Should we go back to the beginning? Sorry, yeah, let's do that, sorry. But you're like reading the room, <laughs> reading the energy. Are you a bit witchy? A bit psychic? Yeah, I love I love a crystal. Me too. I love a crystal, babes. Do you have like a collection of crystals? I do. Do you have like... My boyfriend calls them my rocks. Yeah? Yeah, it doesn't really... Nice. Yeah. Although he did buy me three crystal books for my birthday, so I feel like he's easing himself into it. That's good, he you gets know? it. He doesn't get it, but he, I feel like he's... He's trying. The fact that he's buying you books, like literally, I go on holiday and I open my suitcase and crystals work. My husband's like, what are they, babes? <laughs> and I'm like, it's my crystals. We need them. We've got some grounding. Yeah. Like, this is like helped keep the plane in the air. And he's just like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> like, not into it. He's an engineer. Like, his thinking is just like so straight. And I'm like, well, literally, I'm keeping you alive every day. Thanks for my crystals. So, Thank you very much. Happening in the background, peddling away. Yeah. Right. So, your grandma. My grandma. First. Simple. Sybil. Sybil. Um, Sybil Butcher. Sybil Butcher. The OG. What a legend. <laughs> so she was a huge influence on you growing up. Can yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I come from a small town called Bray St Edmunds. No one seems to know about it. It's I've fine. heard of it. Have you? Yeah. What do you know about it? 
There's something historical happened there once. They bury St Edmund. There you so, go. Yeah, yeah. Probably why it's called that, isn't it? <laughs> there's a big, there's a big cathedral there. Yeah. John Peel had his funeral there. Big Abbey ruins. Bury St Edmund. Make a lot of beer. Green King. Well, I'm all about that. So, yeah, yeah and sugar. Good. British sugar's there. Beer, sugar. Two things that I really like. Yeah. <laughs> like, beer, sugar, cathedrals, done. Yeah, but quite a boring place. Right. Quite a boring place growing up. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I appreciate it now when I go back. Yeah. But I don't know. I was a bit of a misfit at school. My mum, the Gemini, my mother, the Gemini. Um, she didn't really like the way I dressed. Okay. How did she get that across? Did she just say, I don't Oh, like I remember. I, I wore this punky fish. Do you remember punky fish? Yeah, with the thumb holes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was this like raspberry pink, almost like a dressing gown, and mm. it had a hood on it like Scream. Yeah. It was pretty. Um, I mean, that's proper like, you know. A bit cyber dog. Yeah, a bit emo, a little a bit, bit MySpace. Oh, it was very MySpace. Like, did you have a flat fringe that went with it? No, nice I actually vinyl. had a mullet, but that's another story. Oh, yeah, that was all to do with Roger Stewart, but I feel like that's another story. And Are you sure you don't want to tell me that story now? Because like, if you had a money inspired by Roger Stewart, like I'm literally living for that. Okay, yeah. The, uh, I feel like when I was younger, I was just trying to rebel against yeah. my mum, against my dad. And like, my nan was the only one that really accepted it. So I feel mm. like she was the one that kind of egged on my style. Yeah. So with my mum, she just didn't like any of my clothes. And um, my dad really, really loved Roger Stewart. Right. And I quite liked Roger Stewart as well. Mate. You know, I was kind of getting into it a little the bit. Rod then, uh, <laughs> the Rod Father. The Rod Father. How the have Rod I Father. never thought of that? <laughs> the Rod Father. I've got another story about Rod as well. He is, oh, anyway. And I'm like, this is the best. I saw that Rod was wearing loads of leopard print. And yeah. I, I was really into that kind of, I was like an 80s MySpace kid. Mm-hmm. So I changed my MySpace name to Rod Stewart. Oh um, I started wearing leopard print leggings. Nice. And just general, quite a lot of leopard print. And I cut my hair into a mullet and dyed it blonde. And Rod Stewart is the reason why I have bleached blonde hair. Everyone thinks it's like, oh, she must love Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> like all of this stuff. It was like, no, it was Rod, Rod Stewart. Mate, Rod amazing. the God. The Rod Father. The Rod Father is your styling spoon. Amazing. Cut my hair into a into a mullet or leopard. And so my mum hated all of this. So does your mum dress really straight? Is she very normal? Do you know what? She loves me now because I'm a model and I get loads of free stuff. (laughs) She's really into it. She's not not a bad person in the slightest. I'm not like taking down my mum, I love you. Um, Different. But when I was younger and I feel like Going charity shopping back then yeah. was seen as you were poor. Yeah. It wasn't seen as like a cool thing to go and do. It's like <laughs> yeah. the stinky shops that you have to go to if you're poor. And it's like, that's not the truth. No. That's just people. I love a Chazza. Live for a Chazza. <laughs> exactly. But back then in, oh, I'm not going to show my age, but back then <laughs> it was in my hometown, not seemed as like a whole thing to do. Mm. My nan lived on an estate and her garden backed onto a school field. Mm-hmm. So there was a car boot sales there every bank holiday. The they were the best. So <laughs> I would get up at like six in the morning and be first one there. Yeah. She would come like drawing on like a bit later. We could just buy stuff from the car boot and run up and chuck it over into her garden. She didn't have to lug it around. Nah. Unless it was like a bit of pottery, you know. Yeah. He'd call granddad yeah. to come down and like hold it over. Yeah, she has been such a massive inspiration because she used to make all of her kids clothes oh, wow. and she's like really good at sewing and she's like knit turbans and she's just amazing i've never seen my nan with her hair wet what she's never in your she entire life had a perm. 
done. Never seen her. She goes to the hairdressers every Wednesday to get her perm. I love that though. Because yeah. that's She's such like, a social thing. Because like they'd go on a Wednesday and they'd have their gossip and then like get their hair did and then like. Okay, that's look it at my hair right now, I look like a human pineapple. <laughs> I am putting mine down to shame. No, it looks fabulous. <laughs> it looks fabulous. A fabulous it's pineapple. morning and I've got a pineapple head. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, Nan, she used to wear like bright pink and like emerald green suits and Amazing. brooches. I mean, she still does. Like, she's always been so, so glamorous. Mm. But on a budget, but you wouldn't know. Yeah. You I wouldn't mean, know. Like And the nice thing is if she was a seamstress as well, you could go and be like, Oh, I found this amazing thing and then she could like tailor she it. Everyone's stuff and sews everyone's stuff. So good. She honestly, for my birthday this year, she I wish I bought it with me. She knitted me a handbag. It's made out of like Iconic. It's almost like silver tinsel. Oh my god. And then it's got like a silver like chain strap. She needs with an a zip. I was like, Are you joking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's approaching 90. She's like, Sybil sounds literally She's amazing. amazing. Sybil's knitted handbags needs to be a thing on Etsy. She, a few years ago, she knitted some turbans for me at Christmas. Mm. And I started a business for her called Nan's Knitwear. Oh my God, and it's it, already happening. It happened, but to be honest, like that was probably six years ago. Mm. And I sold, where did I sell them on? I think I just sold them online. And like, I paid for her postage and stuff. And like, yeah. made her a bit of a kitty. So yeah. it's like... My granddad can be a bit stingy with money sometimes, you know, yeah. old school, you yeah, know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I gave her a little kitty and, like, started selling it. But I feel like as she's got older, like, she can't just keep knitting. Yeah. It took her a whole day to make one. So, like, oh, she had, like, bless. a few weeks of making them and then I sold them. And I think people buying into it because it's, like, you know, yeah. it's knitted by my nana. Yeah, really cute. Yeah. I would definitely want a knitted turban from Nana. Oh, so cute. And, like, the thing is, if it's taken her a whole day, 300 quid. That's what she needs. I think we charge 20 quid for them. Yeah, you know? it's a whole day. It's like per yeah, hour. And materials, you know. She was so happy. Oh, and then she just went to go and spent all the money down the charity shop. Fine. Do you yeah. know what I mean? The natural cycle. That's yeah. what I do. You know, I was having a meet back down the chasm. What else can I find? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, lovely. So she was obviously your champion when everyone else was like, you're wearing your pink scream outfit and you're yeah. down the, the car boot and no one else quite gets you. Sybil gets you. Yeah. Is that something? So when you know, like... We've all got, like, the voices in our head mm. that are, like, is she, like, your little angel? She, she is like, mine. Yeah, yeah, you can do this. I think it's weird because she's always been the one that's been the pioneer of, like, be yourself. Mm-hmm. And she has never, throughout my life, mentioned my weight mm. or anything like that. Because my weight has fluctuated since I was younger and mm-hmm. now. And I'm a plus-size model now. But, mm. you know, back then when I wasn't a plus-size model... I've had so many remarks from my parents. Yeah. I love my parents to death, don't get me wrong. They would make a lot of remarks about my weight and my health. Same, the they think like, they're being helpful. They're not, but the way that it was done was not helpful. No. And that's where a lot of problems end up lying because people think, oh, it's the internet and it's the influence of other people. And it is. The internet mm. plays a massive, massive part mm. on self-confidence. But really, a lot of it comes from people that love you yeah and it's not done in the right way and if they're from a small town and they're not Mm -hmm. as liberal as we all think like we're all in a london bubble so we believe like we fight for everything yeah but you leave london and it's very very different Mm -hmm. like all the girls that i get messages from on instagram they're usually from very small towns where they're struggling because they haven't got that influence around them like physically Mm. they might have it online yeah you know? I think that a lot of it is it's internalised issues that they have for themselves as well. So, like, 
same as you, my way it's gone, fluctuated my whole life. And it's always been a comment from one of my parents to be like, oh, you know, this. And I'm kind of like, and now that I'm older, I can unpack it. Mm. But when I was younger, I really would take it on board and be like, oh, I should be this way or I should yeah. look this way. I'm taking a step back and be like, do you know what? That's your problem. That's your issue. You need to learn to like yourself and then maybe you'll be a bit more loving for people around you. You know, not that they're not loving. It's a very loaded area, I think. You know? But that kind of mindset is something that I've had throughout my whole career. Mm. Like, so I got scouted in an East London pub, dancing to Diana Ross and got asked to shoot as Anna Nicole Smith. Literally. Right? <laughs> iconic. Okay, first of all, Diana Ross and Nicole Smith, like all the things. Queens. And you, yeah, like full arrangement of queens in that situation, right? Yeah. So that happened in 2012. And, yeah. Um, mental, like really mental because... Talk me through the night. What were you wearing? I don't know. Like I was you drunk. You don't remember? Like I was, <laughs> I was out with my friends like, at yeah. the pub and... All I remember was it was a disco and we were all just dancing, being on tables. And, yeah. And, yeah, got approached and asked to do this shoot. And my first thought was, Nan will love this. Oh, yes. You yes, know, Sybil. You know, I thought... The cheerleader. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Nan's going to love this and it'll be something that she can have on a coffee table or, you know, in her house. Yeah. And I just thought, this will be a bit of fun. Like, let's just do it. I didn't think of the wider picture at the mm. time. The photographer that was shooting it was a photographer called Mars Aldridge. Mm-hmm. And I went to uni to study photography. So he was like an icon of mine. Oh, wow. So I was just like, oh, this is just me. Blagging a situation as always. Yeah. I'm just that person <laughs> that just gets herself in yeah, this situation. Yeah. So I just thought, oh, let's just do it. And it's funny because I remember when they asked for my sizes for the stylist, I lied yeah. They didn't actually ask my size, they asked for my measurements. Mm-hmm. And I lied because back then in my mind I was like, oh, I'm like 34 waist or mm. I was like a 38 waist and I said I was a 34 or something. I was like, oh, I better make sh- just put that down a couple because yeah. in my mind I was like, they'll think better of me. Now that's because I've been conditioned to believe that being a little bit smaller was better because I was essentially being a model, which was like bizarre to me at my size because back then there was no one that I could relate to except Mm. for the likes of someone like Beth Ditto, who was Mm -hmm. a superstar musician. Mm. So she was, as much as she was incredible, she wasn't a model as such, Mm -hmm. you know, like a commercial person. Mm. And the only other women I remember growing up that were curvier was someone like Dawn French and she wasn't seen as the sexy one or the confident one. She was just seen as the fat, funny one, Mm -hmm. which is the way that most women Yeah, you fall into that, like, naturally as a default. You're like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'm the funny one. Like, you kind of feel like you've got to compensate in some way, which is kind of... Why? Which is bullshit, I know. It's total bullshit. Yeah. I'll tell you something. So I was a stylist for years. Everyone lies about their measurements. The skinniest people, everyone, men, women... No one sends the correct measurements. It's, but it's mad. Like, yeah. now I know. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you idiot. Like, yeah. because I got to set and, like, loads of it didn't fit me. And yeah. the only thing that fit me was the thing that stretched. The stylist was, like, quite upset with me. And I was just, like, confused. And I was like, you've made this problem yourself because they mm. weren't actually judging you. No. They just wanted something to fit you because they were doing this shoot. Yeah. And the shoot came out and went viral mm-hmm. because Miles had never used a curvy woman before. Right. 
So they had a big retrospective at Somerset House and Vogue came down and they interviewed me and I was just like... Amazing. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not sure how this is working. Mm. And I remember sitting at the dinner and there was loads of people around that I didn't know who anyone was. Mm. And I was sitting behind my portrait and this guy came up to me and he was like, darling, darling, I love your portrait. And I was like, yes, babes, me too. <laughs> and like all the girls were flocking around him. And I just thought, like, you lot are up thirsty. Like, I don't know <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. So I sat there eating my cannelloni or whatever it was yeah. for me. The guy came up and was like, darling, we should shoot together. Do you want to shoot? Miles, Miles, will you shoot her? And I was like, please. And then I didn't know who he was. Turns out he was like one of the CEOs of Mac. And I oh was just God. like, someone was like, you know, that's him from Mac. And I went, really? So I went up to him and I went, I pinched his bum before I left. Oh my God, And I went, I went, babes, you don't let me down on that shoot, yeah? And I walked off and I called my agent and I went, I think I've just got a Mac campaign. I don't know how I've done it, but I think it's just happened. And then the following week they flew me to New York. And I was just like, this is mad. Oh my God. And also... When they, they flew me to New York, at that time, I was doing 500 jobs because yeah. I was broke. Yeah. And I was working in a school teaching art to autistic kids and like kids with behavioural difficulties. Amazing. So that's what the path I was going down before mm. I got scouted in the pub and this all happened. I got scouted, but I still had this job because at that time I was the editorial plus girl. There's yeah. no money. So I remember they weren't going to give me any time off work. <laughs> like, 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 they didn't know that I was a model or anything right. like this because also try and tell someone back in 2012, I'm a plus size model. Yeah. That phrase does not exist. So they're yeah. automatically going to think you're in the adult industry. I went into work. I was like, you've got to get on this flight. So I had my bag on me and all I had in there was a Polaroid camera and some lingerie, right? Fine. And I panicked because I'd never flown to America before. So yeah. I didn't take any makeup because I thought they were going to take it at the airport. Like, you know when you're just yeah. like, you're not travelled, you don't know. Yeah. So I went to work and then I like pretended to be sick. I was like, I'm really not well. Oh my God, I'm so sick. I better go. Yeah, I better go to Terminal 4 at Heathrow. Oh my God. Grabbed in the car and went to New York. It was mad. This is such an amazing yeah, story. I'm just, like, literally. I mean, the whole, yeah, the whole thing. And... And how was it on the shoot when you got there? They built me a plane. What? They built me a plane. They built you up? They built me a plane <laughs> and they dyed my eyebrows blonde. Lovely. And like, I was like, you're the only people that are going to, you know, it's Val Garland. She yeah. dyed my eyebrows blonde. Yeah. Fine. And then afterwards, they're like, do you want to, you know, do you want to dye them back? I was like, no, I'm going out with Amanda Lepore this evening. I need I need to do something with my eyebrows. So I went back to the hotel, put some pink and glitter on them and then went out with Amanda Lepore. Oh my God, amazing. Was, yeah. About three days later, they started to grow back black and they looked awful and I had to get them redyed. <laughs> oh but uh, it was a moment. That is yeah. a serious moment. So, so that's got to be up there with like proud moments. Because you were just literally having fun. You know, when you see someone and you really see them and they're just at that point where they're just really free mm. and really joyous and like really living their truth that they look their most beautiful. Yeah. In my mind's eye, I kind of see you like there, like Diana Ross, like wearing <laughs> some like sequins, just being you. And that is where all your power is. Yeah. It's mad like looking back on it because mm. plus size brands back then, there was Evans. Yeah. You know, girls on This Morning or QVC, but they were much older women. Yeah. There was no, like, young girls that were popping and, like, fashionable and edgy. Like, you had all of that in the other models, the mm. the smaller size models. You had all different types. But mm -hmm. 
for plus size models, it was only like much older women, like mums. And I'm like, you do realise that like we're all different sizes. Yeah. So it's been an interesting few years, but it's been something that when I did all these things, I knew I was a gimmick at the beginning because Hmm. I'd been shot by miles. So everyone wanted to jump on my ass and it's fine because what they didn't realise is that I was understanding. I was like, you know what, I could make this into a theme because the reaction that I'm getting from just my close friends mm. that are curvy and going like, oh my God, like we this, need you. what is yeah. this space that you've created? Like we need to push on this. Mm. The thing is America had been doing it for years. Mm. Like Ashley Graham's had a career in plus size modeling for like 15 years yeah. at least. Their like fashion sense was not as cool as London. No, it's not. You know, it's yeah. not, it's still quite dated, which is yeah. mad because their country's so big. Yeah. And but a lot of it's really reserved. Very reserved. You know, I feel like the UK, we've got like really cool cities. So like Leeds is really amazing and Manchester, yeah. like all the kind of cities, they've got their own scenes happening in their own style, but it's already condensed. Whereas actually they've got the same probably amount of cities with cool stuff happening. Yeah. But then there's all this vast <laughs> land in between of like yes. slacks and jumpers. You know? <laughs> So you were scouted, you've done all these amazing things and like you were recently on a TV show. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? So... How was that? Yeah. Painted up and like, (laughs) you know, like feels like throughout this stage, it like just ends up with just being naked on TV all the time and completely living it. The weird thing is, is when I started, my confidence has grown throughout when I started to now completely. Mm. When I was younger, I used clothing as an armour. Yeah to hide what was different underneath about me. Mm. And now I don't use it as an armour. I use it, I wouldn't even say as a weapon. I just use... Form of expression. Yeah, it's just my style now. It's not, Mm. I'm not covering up. (laughs) Obviously Mm. I'm not. So I got asked to do a TV show called Naked Beach Mm -hmm. on Channel 4. And the whole idea around this show is, it's based on a science. Mm. So... Being around normal naked bodies is the ultimate way to improve your body image. Now, for me, that's quite obvious. Yeah. Right? If you go online and you go on ASOS, for example, Mm -hmm. and you go on the plus size section and you see girls that are like a size 16 or a size 14 and their collection starts from 18, it's not going to make you feel great. No, because it's not what it's going to look like. It's not what it's going to look like. And you look at it now and they've got girls that show their stretch marks, shows everything and all different sizes. And it's amazing. Mm. So you're like, I want to buy that because I can relate to that person. So obviously if you're at the beach and you see 20 people of all different shapes and sizes, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel more comfortable than being around 20 runway models. Yeah. Right. So it's just kind of the ethos of that. But Mm -hmm. It was such a beautiful show because I think the naked part kind of shocked people because they thought it was going to be quite cheesy. Yeah. And to be honest, when I signed up to it, I asked a lot of questions because I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to be doing a cheesy show that's not really anything against my morals and values. Yeah, of course. So the idea is three guests, contributors, come onto the island, to the villa that we are, and all of us hosts, we're only wearing body paint. Mm -hmm. right and they come onto the island and each of them have a body hang up Mm -hmm. so we had one girl that had started to develop vitiligo and she was worried that like her kids were gonna see a different mum because Mm. her skin was changing we had plus size girls that couldn't accept their new bodies we had 
women that had overcome breast cancer and had new boobs Mm -hmm. and couldn't connect with them. We had guys come on that couldn't deal with their height. It was so amazing to have all these different people come on with their insecurities. And we basically worked with them through activities, which were fun. Mm -hmm. They were painful at the same time because we were asking each person to strip off Mm. layer by layer. And we're not just talking about clothes, talking about their emotions too. Mm. So with the idea that on the last day they would be naked with us on Naked Beach. And we were all completely naked on the last day. And to be honest, if I'm being real with you, we actually ended up liking the naked day more than the other days filming because it meant we haven't got three to four hours in the morning standing there getting painted up. We're just like, we are free today. You know, it was a really amazing show. And there was one girl called Danielle, Danielle Broadbent, who Mm. came on and she was from Leeds and she had really, really struggled with her body and she's absolutely stunning. Mm. But you can't tell that to someone when they've got their own insecurities. Mm. And she'd never worn a bikini before. She didn't want to have sex with her boyfriend. It's the lights on. It's real, like, it's it's life. It's every day. It affects every single thing that you do when you're feeling that bad about yourself. Can you imagine having sex and then being like, oh, shit, like, I need to go and, like, turn my light off. Yeah. Like, it ruins the moment. Like, I can imagine it. Yeah. And it was just really, really beautiful. Mm. And that girl came on the show and... She left the show a completely different person. Mm. So no matter what people say about that show, she left the show. She's ended up becoming one of my best friends. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's been really, really nice. And she's now started her own plus-size range for, like, Fantastic. girls up north. And she's been working loads with Curvy K. Yeah. And, like, she's got really big, great boobies. Yeah. She's been doing loads of stuff with them. And it's, like... It's insane. Yeah. And I'm so proud of her. So that kind of show basically was like a little condensed embodiment. I mean, kind of moving through to your last point, which was the kind of self-love brings beauty. What was the need for it? Where did it come from? So I started self-love brings beauty back in 2015 officially. Mm -hmm. But it was on my mind because every time I did a job, every time I did a campaign, so for example, the Mac campaign I did, I would be interviewed because everyone's like, oh, it's the first plus size model for this, that and the third. Rather than asking me the questions of my career, how it started, how I feel doing this, is Mm. this now the new term for diversity? Is this, that and whatever? Like nine out of 10 times the people that interview me will be like, so do you go to the gym? What's your diet like? And talk about fitness and health. And that was their angle that they decided. It had nothing to do with it. Mm. I mean, if I was being interviewed for Women's Fitness magazine, fine. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. But we're talking about me being a campaigner for body diversity within a campaign. Mm. Why are you asking me these questions? And it happened time and time and time again. Mm. And I was just like, wow. I started to think about like the deep rooted problem that we had here Mm -hmm. and the problem is is that we all know this that society deems only one type of style beautiful it has been changing Mm. thank god look at british vogue yeah right there are changes being made but back then it was still such a small-minded industry so Mm. that interviewer didn't understand why i was there and the deep-rooted thing is that person could be doing extreme diets, 
they might have a size 14 body and they're trying to be a size 10 when it's their not their natural shape yeah. or structure to who they are from their genes, from everything that there is. And they are dieting so much and have their own insecurities that they hate the fact that I'm here being fat and being fabulous. Yeah, yeah. And that is where the root of the problem comes. These people don't have self-love within themselves and they're listening to the media's absurd views on body image. Mm. So if I could start something that made people realize that self-love will bring yourself your own beauty, Mm. then hopefully I can create a movement that will go so global, they're creating their own problem. Mm. Self-love and beauty. We've had a chat about why it's here. Mm -hmm. So what's the next steps for you with that? Where do you see it going? I would like to do the Self-Love Brings Beauty Society. Amazing. So basically take it around to all the universities. Mm-hmm. So, so would that I've, be part of a course? Well, you know, you have like different societies at uni. You have like the cheese society. <laughs> I mean, I was never part of any societies, especially not a cheese society, although cheese is good. I'd be interested in that one, yeah. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like people do stuff like that. So I'd like to set up groups all around the UK mm. because I know that people that are 18 years old they're probably going to have younger Mm -hmm. siblings and they're going to obviously have older siblings or aunties or mums or people around them or their carers that probably struggle as well Mm. so I feel like that's a good age to target when you've got a fire in your belly you've got fire already like you're a young adult like you're taking on the world and I feel like that's the time for me to go around and create these societies Mm, amazing and the TED talk yeah how exciting So when is it? Uh, It's in November. Where's it going to be? Where's it being held? It's at Leamington Spa. Oh my God, Leamington. Do you know that? I know Leamington because my sister went to Warwick, Warwick University. Hey, good place for you to set up your first society. Maybe that is, babe. They do need a little bit of... um, A little bit of a push. Yes, exactly. So how did they approach you for that? Was that through your agent? Was that direct to you? Literally slid in the DM. Slid into your DMs? I was like, you're joking. That's a good little slither. Yeah. Of a, into the DM because the DMs are usually nasty oh, really yeah <laughs> usually quite nasty um. <laughs> I'm like we're talking nasty <laughs> yeah nasty <laughs> not not like horrible behaviour but still horrible behaviour yeah if you know what I mean yeah yeah they slid in the DMs that's amazing yeah I'm writing it at the moment it's pretty juicy is it intense though is it quite cathartic to kind of get do you know what? I'm out. quite enjoying it because the thing is, when something annoys me, I usually write an article for Metro. Like I usually go off about it so much that Metro are like, can you write this for us? Amazing. <laughs> like when Kim Kardashian decided that she was going to promote appetite suppressant lollipops. Like, are you yeah. mad? Are you mad? Yeah, it's problematic. And the thing is, is that young girls can't see the difference between what's real and what's the paid post. A heart-shaped lollipop. Yeah. Nah. That's not, not having it. It's not good. And it basically makes you poo your pants. They're laxatives, aren't they? Yeah. Like, like the glamorous version of Senecot, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a lot to say and I feel like it's going to be... That's the platform to say it in. It's the platform to say it. It's to be real because I feel like I've come from a place where body positivity has come from being very real and unique and honest Mm -hmm. to yourself. And I've grown with it. And I've grown with a community that now that word itself is so diluted. Yeah, I agree. It's so diluted in everyone that suddenly 
jumped on the bandwagon for clout and for money, but not really for the right reasons. You can tell someone that's like generally going through it and they're like, I feel much better now. I'm, yeah. a, you know. But. Oh, I'm excited. Mm. I can see that you want to keep it. I know. I've got the ending to do. I know the last line, but I'm not going to tell you because. Oh, I feel like maybe you should. Now, nah, babes. Maybe you buy me a crystal. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Deal. I'll get you a nice little citrine. I feel like this is oh, kind of yeah. a golden. Yeah. So anyway, it's been so lovely having you here for this chat. I feel like we've been on a wonderful journey through the life of Felicity and there's only more exciting and bigger and better things to come. So that's Aww. amazing. Thank you so it's much. It's been fun, babe. It's been fun. That's Astrid After Hours in the Pink Piercing Room. Thank you for listening to After Hours by Astrid and Mew. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. See you next week. Bye.